0: So last week we started a new series called The Mind of Christ. Where we talked about gratitude. And hopefully uh, you were able to get a, one of our gratitude journals. I think we have them somewhere around the doors and stuff that if you want to take them home. I have it, had it set to go all the way through to, I believe, February the 19th, which is the last Sunday before we begin the season of Lent because I wanted us to make sure that we're grounding all that we do in this series through the eyes of gratitude, through the eyes of of giving thanks. So I'm gonna do what I did during the earlier service and it went great. What have you been grateful for this past week? Sleep. Sleep. That's always a good one. What else? Family. 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 Church. Church. Health. Health. Improving vision. (laughs) Improving vision. (laughs) I am absolutely surprised that one thing was not said either that last service or this service about the Dallas Cowboys winning (laughs) I mean come on Michelle you're letting me down here (laughs) gratitude it is such an important thing that that, that we hold on to Even, even when times are rough it should be easy to come up with three things a day that you're grateful for, and, and to allow those things that you're grateful for to help, to help to drive you through. So as we prepare to move on with our series, I invite you to go to God in prayer with me. Let us pray. Dear God, we give you thanks. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace, and we thank you for the opportunity to be here as the body of Christ, redeemed by your blood. So as we continue to look at what it means to have the mind of Christ, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. I think it's important as we talk about having the mind of Christ, that we hold on to one specific verse that I shared with you last week, and that is Philippians 2, verse 5. In your relationships with others, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Paul gives us that word to remind us that that we aren't our own. We we belong to Jesus. And and because we belong to Jesus, we adopt Christ-likeness which means that we try to live our lives as Christ lived his lives, life. And there are, there are five underlying conditions that, that we try to hold on to. And those underlying conditions are, are what we're talking about during the series. Joy, love, peace, hope, and faith. Those five things help us to have the mind of Jesus Christ. But it's important when we talk about those things to realize that we have to practice replacement thinking. And what I mean by that, again, is just taking the bad narratives that, that, that get fed to us, or maybe more accurately, the bad narratives we may feed to ourselves over and over again, and replace those with, with the thoughts of God, those good and beautiful true thoughts that we receive through Jesus Christ. And today, we, we start with joy. You know, uh, one of the things that I love to do with our Wednesday Night Jam program is, is that I love, I love telling jokes. I don't know if they like the jokes or not, but I, I love telling the jokes. But uh, I've, I've been doing that for the past two or three Years, and uh, I think they've gotten progressively worse over the years (laughs) Allison's (laughs) Vatican, yeah, yeah, they have But I added something this year I I added songs because because for me growing up One of the things that helped kind of ground me in my faith are are some of the songs that we sang Some of them are silly like give me oil for my lamp. Give me burn and burn and burn and give me oil for my lamp I pray and that was an old camp song that we used to sing You know, another one, deep and wide is another one. But I have a new one that that they're going to hear this week. And it has to do with our sermon today. And if you know this one, please join along. I got the joy, 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 joy joy, down down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to say Yes. I tell you, I love singing that. I, you know, all week, that has been going through my, that's been my jam this week. I've been singing it over and over again, riding in the car, you know, doing stuff around the house, all of that type of thing. Just thinking about that song because joy is so important. Jesus knew How important it is to have joy in our hearts. It's so important that it became a part of one of his most important discourses to his disciples. And that's our scripture for today. It's just one verse, one one simple verse, and I'll unpack it a little bit later. But I, I wanted you to see this verse right now. It is John chapter 15 Verse 11, I have it printed on the screen for you to follow along. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's talking to us and he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Just one more time. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, thanks, thanks be to God. God. So, as we continue to practice gratitude, I want us to add joy to that. Because you, you can be grumbly with gratitude, can't you? I guess I'm thankful for being able to wake up. Thankful to my car started today. You, know. you you can be grumbly with 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 gratitude, but it takes something else to be. Joyful in the midst of your gratitude. There, there, there are two definitions that, that, that I, I love to, to go to when we talk about gratitude. The first one is from Dallas Willard. And in his book, Renovation from the Heart, he, he gives us this definition of, of joy. He says, Joy is a pervasive sense, not just a thought of well-being, of overall and ultimate well-being. Okay, think about that. It is a pervasive sense, not just a thought. We, we, we may have had joyful thoughts here or there. When I, when I was thinking uh, of what Miss Wanda was telling to the kids, actually it was funny, Ryan down here, whenever she talked about a big bag of candy, his eyes got real big. <laughs> he was like, let's go. There was joy right there, on the, but then I think he probably realized that he didn't have any candy right there, so the joy went away. See, that was a joyful thought. But but, what Dallas Willard is saying, it is a pervasive sense. It means that it it is who you are. It it, it is anything and everything about you. It is just so baked into who you are that you have ultimate well-being. In all of your activity, in all of your actions, there is joy. It, it, it's basically an engine that's running you. It, 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 it helps you to see how we can continue to, 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 to drive and, and to have God's love fill inside of us. The second one comes from a theologian who is a frontman of the band U2 by the name of Bono. Now, he recently just wrote a book called Surrender, which t- took 40 songs, and, and in it, it is some of the most deep theological work that I've seen anybody write. But he has this definition of joy that goes like this. Joy is an act of defiance against our mortality. That's deep. But think about it, you know, every single one of us will pass away. There won't be a single one of us in this room or in the world that won't taste death. But but what Bono is saying is that joy is a defiance against that. That even though we know we may die, we live in joy. Saying, you know, that is not, even though that may be the end of my earthly life, that's not the end of me. That that's not the end of who I am because of the joy that is planted in me through the love and grace of Jesus Christ. It takes a while to build a a mindset of joy. Sometimes it takes extra effort to build a a mindset of what joy is. And part of that is that there are two things that, that keeps us from drifting away from joy. And those two things are the past and, and the future. And what I mean by that is that when we start thinking backwards, or we start thinking of our past, we, we get obsessed with our sins and, and our failures. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be concerned about our sins, that, that we shouldn't try to live our lives as, as Christ would live his life, but, but sometimes we let that fully just drive anything and everything that we do. I'm a horrible sinner. I can't do anything right. Nothing goes right for me. I, I I'm just a fail at everything. And you have that mindset, of course you're not going to have joy. You're not going to have joy if you are dwelling that you are a, a deep and horrible sinner. But we focus on how we were saved by grace. Or, or that the mistakes that you have made do not define you. What defines us is the joy that we receive through Jesus Christ. Now, now on the other side is if we take time, way thinking too much about the future or, or, or thinking forward, and we let all of the worrying and the thinking about what might happen control who we are. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need to plan. Of course, we need to plan and we need to have an idea of, of what's going on. But if you are overly obsessed about every single dot and tittle, there's a little dot and a line that goes to the T. If you're over-obsessed and making sure all of those things are pushed out, you're not going to have joy. You're going to be buried in, in, in worry, buried in in all of the things of, of what if, what might, what, what could happen, instead of living in the joy that God has for us today. Jesus told his disciples about that in Matthew chapter 6. You know, he, he's talking about you know, do not worry about what you should eat or what you should drink or what you should wear. You know, the, the lilies of the field are, are, are dressed. The birds have all the food that they want. You know, just everything is more beautiful than what Solomon ever had. Worry about today because today it has enough trouble of its own. We don't need to worry about tomorrow. We don't, we don't need to the, the, the obsess about what, what is going to happen or what has happened. But we live today in the love and grace of Jesus Christ. So I had the opportunity at the beginning of the year to participate in the third uh, cohort or third residency of this School of Kingdom Living. And I've absolutely loved the opportunity to go out to uh, the Sierra Madre area in California and, and spend time learning about what it means to live kingdom living. And uh, you know, we, I, I preached on uh, January the 1st and early, early January 2nd, I was on a plane out to California to start this residency on the Tuesday on, on January the 3rd. And I, I did what I normally do whenever I go on a trip like that. I will send Michelle a text and to say, "Hey, just want a reminder, you know, blah blah blah. These these things as I'm gone, you need to get a hold of me. Get a hold of me. All of that type of stuff that that I normally do in one of those texts like that." And Michelle texted me back, and she said, "Don't worry about it. Everything's all taken care of. <laughs> Enjoy your time." And then she said something else. He says, I hope, and I'm paraphrasing here very, very poorly. I hope that when you come back, you come back with a renewed sense of, sense of happiness. That you, you, you don't worry about what's going on and that, that you allow this time to, just to fill your heart with, with joy, basically. I read that text and I just, how dare she say I don't have any joy in my life. I have plenty of joy in my life. I don't need her to tell me that I don't have any. And then I stopped. And I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to respond. I'm going to just put my phone away and just move on. It made me mad. How dare she say I don't have joy in my life. But, you know, during that week, And I will tell you, that's kind of the impetus of what this series is about. Jan Johnson, who was one of the professors, she was talking about these five underlying conditions to have the mind of Christ. And in her notes, in the notes that we had, she had them listed, love, joy, peace, faith, and and hope. And she said, you know, normally I start with love. And this was about Thursday. Normally, I start with love, but, but something tells me today that I need to start with joy. Something is telling me today, Jan says, that, that I need to begin with looking at joy because joy unlocks all of this. Joy helps us to build a, a mindset that, that helps us live our lives where our minds are like Christ, or we're building in Christ-likeness. And and as she kept going, I I started to think about the text that Michelle sent me. And then I realized for myself, you know, really over the past three or four years, with with, with everything that has happened, everything that is going on, my, my life has been sucked out of joy. You know, not that I don't enjoy what I do, I love what I do, I'm thankful for what I do, but, but I realized, yeah, that there was less joy there. And, and after she did this first lecture on joy, she was surrounded by a whole bunch of people telling her, Jan, this is what we needed to hear. My life has not had joy in it. My, my, my life has been missing that. I've been going through the motions and, and trying to take care of everything that needs to happen. I forgot to live a life of joy. So I've already apologized to Michelle for my <laughs> overreaction to her text message. I'm thankful that I didn't send anything to her, which I could have. But, you know, it, 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 it's, it's true. When we're so focused on what has been, or, or we're so worried about what may be, we, we tend to live without the joy that God has given us. So there was one thing that we heard uh, during the week that, that really stuck to me about joy. And, and it used joy as an acronym. And joy can stand for Jesus, others, and you. Has anybody heard that before? A couple people have heard that. Yeah. I I know I've heard I've heard it a long time ago, but it's been a while since I've thought about it. But yes, that's what joy is about. Joy is about Jesus, others, and you. We we know this as the great commandment in Matthew twenty two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That that is that is what joy is. Having the opportunity to be able to love God with everything that we have so that we can then love our neighbors. See, we receive our joy from Jesus. Now, we have moments of joy in our life. I I love even uh, Laura, whenever she did Young Disciples Time earlier, so it was both Laura and and Wanda did a great job just talking about these little moments of joy and everything. But, you know, those are just moments of joy. But to fully understand and receive joy, we must receive that from Jesus. Earlier in in, in John chapter 15, Jesus is giving this this discourse to his disciples. Right before he is arrested and then crucified. And he's talking about how important it is to, to make sure that you are connected to the body of Christ. You are connected to him. Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. And what happens when a branch gets cut off or, or gets separated from the vine? What happens to that branch? It dies. It, it, it withers away. And the only way that, that that branch has life is if it remains connected to the vine. J- Jesus is reminding us that and saying, you know, this is how your joy is complete. Your joy is complete through me. It's my joy. My joy that is living through you because you are connected to the vine and that, that connection is, is filling you with my joy. And what we do with that joy is that we then share that joy with others. I just thinking of another song. That comes from a scripture that helps us to see that we live as transformed followers of Jesus Christ the scripture is Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 and 16 where Jesus says you are the light of the world a town built on a hill cannot be hidden neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead they put it on the stand and give it light to everyone in the house in the same way Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, that's what the joy of Jesus does. It it allows us to be a light for others. One of my good friends, John Carroll, who's a pastor down in Florida, he, he would say it this way that the world won't receive the gospel of transformation through untransformed people. That's deep. We must seek to be transformed. We must seek to be the light so that the world may be transformed in and through us, through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the grace of Jesus Christ. We can then... Take that joy that we receive from Jesus and share that joy with others. But see, here comes the great part. Jesus then shares that because we have received that joy with others and we have that joy given to to others, then our joy will be complete. There's a book in the Old Testament called Nehemiah. And sometimes Nehemiah is used... uh, I, here recently, for pastors to, to shape up their leadership skills. Because Nehemiah was the one that, after the exile happened and all the walls were destroyed and Jerusalem was, was destroyed, he, he did all of these things to, to go back to Jerusalem and, and rebuild all of the walls. And, and, and it, it's used as, and it, it can be a leadership parable, but I, I think there's something that else is missing through this. It's missing because it gives us a picture of where we are as a church right now. See, if you're familiar with the story of Nehemiah, he, he goes and he asks permission and he has all of these obstacles and barriers that, that happen that are that trying to keep him from, from building the walls of Jerusalem back. But, but finally, that happens. And then there's one of those great long lists of, of names and numbers of people that are coming back to Jerusalem. And in, in, in chapter 8 of Nehemiah, we, we see that as they return, people are, are then going to a certain place. And they, they tell Ezra, who was the priest, to, to go get the book of the law and, and to read the book of the law. So, so you have this gathering of people. You have a wall. I don't think there's really any places for them to live inside of the wall. But, but they're listening to the law again. And, and, and as they're listening to the law, there are people who start weeping. And there are people who start crying. And I think they're weeping and crying because they're going... You know, I remember when, when everything was just so wonderful and perfect, or I heard stories about how awesome all of this was. And then Nehemiah says in verse, chapter, 10, chapter 8, verse 10, Go, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. This pervasive sense of well-being will be your strength. This joy, which is an act of defiance against our mortality, will be your strength. So you can live for today and not tomorrow, you know growing up, my dad had a spiritual practice that he used to do that showed joy i don 't know if he would say that this was a spiritual practice, but it 's something that I know that he would do because I would watch him from the back seat of the car. He would be driving along like this and Normally, if we would drive up to Mankato where he was born or where he grew up, or driving around town or, or two-lane highways, he would do this little thing. He would drive along. And then his car would come up and he would do... How many of y'all do that? Yeah. See, see, that it was a sense of joy. And I remember asking Dad, why do you do that? That doesn't make sense. I mean, yeah, they're driving by. They may not even see us. And I said, yeah, but I'd like them to know that I'm thinking about them. I like them to know know that I see them. So something I did whenever I started driving, whenever I would drive down lane roads, I'd see myself. (laughs) Now it's even harder with the tinted windows and everything, but but I still do it. Because I know it it gives me an opportunity to be joyful, to practice joy in that moment, to let people know that I see them. Maybe I even say a prayer for them, even though I don't know where they're going or, or where they've been or, or what they may have been going through in their lives. But, but it gives me a chance to be joyful in the moment and to share that joy with others. As I did last week with the, uh, the gratitude journal, I have another spiritual practice for you that you found in your bulletins, and in it it reminds us of the, the, the Weller definition of joy. But but it also gives us the opportunity to practice other spiritual practices to talk about what joy is. Take any time to celebrate. Celebrate the the minute things in your life. Or maybe color in a coloring book. I I, I was gonna share a picture. I I painted this painting while I was at the School of Kingdom Living. If you saw it, you may have saw it on Facebook. I posted it. But uh, it, it was supposed to be a moon. And it, 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 to me, it looked like it, a, it ended up looking like a canoe that was capsizing. Uh, but I had a lot of fun painting it, that's for sure. Uh, sing. Even if you think you do it badly, go ahead and sing. I'll put a plug in for Alan. Join the choir. Even, think, even if you think you sing badly, join the choir. They'll, they'll help you. Right, Alan? Absolutely. Absolutely. Go out today and enjoy the sun for 10 to 30 minutes. Don't don't try to do something. Just go out and enjoy it. Count your blessings. Create something. Have a meaningful conversation. All of those things are ways that I would love for you to practice one or all of these exercises this week. Life is too short to live without joy. Life is too short without allowing The joy that comes from Jesus to make your joy complete. Let us pray. Oh God, as we close our service today, I I, I lift up those who are here and those who may be listening. Life is hard, life can be tough. And sometimes, God, it, it's hard to find joy in the midst of difficult circumstances. But God, I think what is happening there is that we are trying to manufacture our own joy. And we're not allowing the connectedness we have through you, through, through your vine, to be the joy that we need in our lives. So God, I pray for each one here that you they allow your joy to fill them and to let that joy to be complete so that we know your true will, your true grace, and your true love flowing through our lives. And we pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.